This is Joshua Bell with the Kilt and the Cloth. This was my sermon from Mother's Day. I hope you enjoy, and God bless. My scripture this morning is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 36 through uh, 43. If you'd like to follow along, it's found in your pew Bibles on page 121 in the New Testament section. Didn't need that anyway. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples, who heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him with the request, Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up, went with them, and when he had arrived, they took him to the room upstairs, and all the windows, all the widows, stood beside him weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside. Then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon at Tanner. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. I loved this story when I was a kid. And I have to be completely honest with you, I'm, uh, it's, it's very transparent. It's mainly because of Tabitha's Greek name, Dorcas. Uh, as a kid, I just thought that was the coolest name of all time. I, I called my brothers it all the time. I said, look, it's in the Bible. I'm not doing anything wrong. Your name is now Dorcas. <clears throat> they didn't find it as funny. But I've always loved this story for so many aspects of it. In the, in the midst of the story, there's this person who, for some reason, the community has fallen in love with because of her acts of service and her acts of faith. Now, the part that I always like to imagine as we talk about Tabitha is, is that somehow she's probably a quilter. <laughs> and, 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 and she's putting these things together and she makes clothes for everyone, and everyone in town knows Tabitha. Otherwise, Luke wouldn't have told us that she has all of these clothing, and all the widows are showing Peter all the things that she has done. It's amazing. But there's a lot to this story. Peter raises someone from the dead. We can't avoid this part of the story. In the, in, the, in the Bible, we find out multiple times that there are other people outside of Jesus 
that have raised people from the dead. And without getting myself in big, big trouble, we know of two times in the Hebrew Bible that there are prophets that pray over someone and raises them from the dead. One of the prophets literally lays down on them, and I want to say this is Elijah, but I'm probably wrong because I didn't put that in my notes. But lays down on the person that has died and immediately prays over them and they come to life. Resurrection is important. It changes everything. Jesus resurrects himself, but let's remember that Jesus, before he had died, told all of his disciples and all of his followers that when you believe in me and you do these things, you inherit the Spirit of God. And from that, you have the ability to cast out demons, heal the sick, and, that's right, raise people from the dead. awesome to think about this story. It's broke down into three segments. There's the death of Tabitha, the call and response of Peter, and the resultant mighty deed in the resurrection of Tabitha. Now, I got to be honest with you, logistically, the event places Peter in Joppa at the right at the door of perhaps an even greater miracle. I mean, he's a long ways away from where they are. Now, here's the part that's fascinating. This is one of the two healing stories that Luke includes in his account of the spread of witnesses of the resurrection. Aeneas earlier and Dorcas, both in chapter 9, just coincidentally. Now, due to Peter's widespread reputation as a healer, as a healer, I'm going to pause there for a second. You know, one of the most fascinating things about Jesus is, is that outside the Christian world, they all know Jesus as a great healer. In the first and second century, we have other people that were writing about Jesus that we don't have in the Bible. One of those is a gentleman by the name of Philostratus. Now, he's talking specifically about a guy by the name of Apollonius, but he knows of Jesus the Nazarene, the healer, he says. We have another author at that time named Philo who talks about Jesus of Nazareth, a healer. And just coincidentally, a guy by the name of Josephus who also writes... Oh, and who this letter is addressed to, just saying, writes about a guy by the name of Jesus, this Galilean, who is known as a... Come on now, you gotta, I got to make sure you're alive. I know it's Mother's Day, but he's, he's got to be a... Hey, thank you very much. Whoo! Thought I was getting too deep quick. There's something powerful about being able to be a healer in the New Testament and that people that accept Jesus as their Savior have that ability. It's recognized that way. Now, due to Peter's widespread reputation as a healer, a congregation sends a delegation to solicit his help 
even though Dorcas has already died. Now, in a weird moment, Peter pushes everyone out of the room and prays and says, Tabitha, get up. And she does. And the people that are looking from the outside in, they see this and they are what? They are now believers. So what's this at the center of this story? Now, I mean, the possibilities are varied and many. If you were in my Sunday school class, I just asked the question, why, why is it important that there's a resurrection story? And you would not believe in the many directions that we went in this aspect because it goes from everything. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the, the gifts of being able to be like Christ, the, the, the gifts of how do we understand that that's the way it's supposed to work in our own lives. It demonstrates the ongoing ministry of Jesus through his successors. It triggers memories of Jesus raising another female from death. Now in Mark, he's not even in the room. He brings her from the dead down the street. If you guys go back to the house, you will find that she's alive and well. Mark chapter 5. It's also important to remind the people of the impact of Jesus' resurrection of believers. It demonstrates God's continual concern for widows and those who are powerless. Now, folks, I'm going to get on a couple soapboxes this morning, and i got to warn you, it's just going to happen. I would say 65% of the entire Torah is based off of taking care of the widows and the orphans. This is a big deal. In that time, in that culture, these are people that without the community, they would die. Do you hear that? Without the community taking care of them, they would die. 65% of the Torah. Jesus says this almost all the way through it. Take care of your people. He says these things over and over again. It's important that we take care of those that might not be able to take care of themselves. Now, I'm not saying, I, I need to make sure I say this out loud, that I'm not saying that widows can't take care of themselves. Uh, I grew up in Oklahoma, and uh, our widows are pretty stinking strong. But the hope is, is that they don't ever have to take care of themselves. The goal is, is that they would be together in a community that would show them love and compassion and help them in the good days and the bad so that they wouldn't have to be by themselves. These are the, the moments that Jesus is putting upon the people. And then this sermon is about revealing the purpose of healings for many believed in the Lord. So let's go back to Tabitha. She was apparently renowned for her good works and her charity. Her friends bring some of the clothes that she'd produced. The community deeply felt her loss. How do we honor people that have gone on before us? You know, 
Tabitha reminds us of a lot of people. I mean, I would hope so. Betty talks about at the beginning, as we know women in our life that took care of us, that raised us up, that might not have had their own children. There are so many aspects of this story that we can remember. People that had a huge impact in our life and we miss dearly. Now here's the part that I'm going to get angry about. And this is the part I wanted to warn you about. This passage of scripture gets used and abused in the wrong way. You see, you have to accept the fact, as a person of faith, that Peter sat down next to the bed, kneeled, and prayed, Tabitha, get up. And she did. We have to be okay with that. Even when sometimes it didn't happen for us. You see, this passage of Scripture makes me angry. Because I've heard it preached, and I've heard it talked about in such a way, well, if your faith wasn't strong enough, obviously that's why this person wasn't healed. Obviously, you have done something wrong to anger God. Obviously, their faith wasn't strong enough to bring them back from the dead. Church, that's not what this passage of Scripture says in any way, shape, or form. So I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, you hear somebody preaching that, whether it's on TV, whether it's on some radio or some podcast, you turn it off and go to something else. Because otherwise, why would God give us the ability to see miracles? Now, in the commentaries, as I read before, I got ready for this sermon. One of the things that they kept saying was, is that whatever it takes to bring people to know the ever-living Lord uh, is important. That the healing and the resurrection story wasn't for Tabitha or even Peter. It was for the audience looking from the outside in, not for the people from the inside out. Acts is really known that way, you see. There's two audiences in Acts. Those that already have an understanding of Christ and those that don't. So most of the commentaries will lead in that direction, that this was for the people that didn't understand the healing power of God through Jesus. It still makes me angry. Because it makes us think that for some reason that prayer is like asking God like a genie. God, I want this right now and in this way. I want this healing to happen exactly this way. Otherwise, I what? I don't, I don't believe in you. Why did you not let this happen the way it should have happened in my own understanding? I think about people in my own life that I've watched suffer. I want to tell you a little bit about where I'm coming from on this. Because I think sometimes we have this misunderstanding of prayer. My grandpa, Grandpa Bell, also known as Otis Dean Bell, who my son is named after, and my son has his bright blue eyes, 
was probably the most calm, patient, loving man I've ever met in my entire life. When my grandma became a minister, after my dad did, Paula Bell would go serve these churches all over Kansas. And my grandpa went to every single church, and he was always known as the official hugger of the congregation. They would be upset with my grandma, Bell, if grandpa did not come that Sunday. It's good to see you, Paula. Where's your husband? Because he would find every single person, and especially those that he could sense needed a hug, he would go and give them a hug. He became the custodian of every congregation that she served and took care of the boilers and all of these wonderful things. And I couldn't wait to see my grandpa. And there were moments, folks, I mean, I'm just not going to lie, that I was more afraid that I would disappoint my grandpa than anything else on the planet. And there were lots of moments that I made really bad choices. And I would walk in to my grandpa's house in Salina, Kansas, and regardless of all the dumb, dumb things that I did, my grandpa waited for me with open arms and loved me past the stupidity of myself. Well, fast forward. We moved to Kingman, Kansas, and my grandma and grandpa had moved to Newton to be close to my mom and dad so, you know, that grandma and grandpa could be taken care of by my dad. And my two aunts came by and checked on him, and then he was beautiful. My whole family rallied around Grandma and Grandpa Bell. And then things changed. For some, you might call it dementia. For some, you call it Alzheimer's. For, for others, it's just, you know, a thing that happens sometimes. Not to everyone, but the bright, beautiful, calm, patient man that I knew changed. And he was not somebody that uh, I knew anymore. He went from being the, the, the consummate hugger and the moment of peace and passion and love and, the, in my eyes, the image of Christ, the perfect understanding of a farmer, the consummate green thumb, to someone that was different. And I was angry. I was angry that God would let this happen. I mean, I'm the one that made the stupid choices. My grandpa didn't do anything his entire life that didn't revolve around taking care of his family. So I prayed. You know how this goes, right? I prayed, God, just give him a sense of peace. God, just take care of my mom and dad. Take care of my aunts and uncles. Make sure that they have this moment and recognize that that's not my grandpa in the room, but it is my grandpa in that room. You can still see it through his bright, blue, sparkling eyeballs. And then, in that moment, when he passed away, there was a weird sense of grief. For I felt I'd lost him a long time before that. But the, the finality of the moment, I truly felt a sense of peace. Now, I prayed for peace for my grandpa. Not for me. And it's taken me seven years to be able to even articulate or say that out loud, that in that moment, I was praying with my whole being, 
please make this perfect for someone else. And I didn't recognize that God did until much, much later. Sometimes we have the ability to see extraordinary events like Tabitha coming up from the grave. And it's in that moment that we believe with our whole being. And sometimes it's those moments of pain and suffering that we know that God is ever much, ever in the midst of it in spite of ourselves. You see, the part that I want you to take from this is notice what they say at the end. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Many believed in the Lord. So where, where do we go from this, Josh? Oh my gosh, do you have to tell such a sad story on Mother's Day? No, it's a beautiful story. Because in that moment, we know that in our deepest, darkest recesses of our brain, that God does miracles. We know that God hears our voice even when we're not even saying it out loud. And God does heal. God heals through you. God, you might be the image of Christ for somebody and bring healing to them and not even know it. Like the hemorrhagic woman that we find in the Gospel of Mark and Matthew, where her faith touches the hem of Jesus' robe and she's instantly healed. You might be that person. You ask, how is that possible, Josh? Because when you say that you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and accept him as your personal Lord and Savior, guess what you have the ability to do? You have the ability to cast out demons, raise people from the dead, and... Oh, my good Lord. Okay, try this again now. If you have the ability, and you have the Holy Spirit in you, that you have the ability to cast out demons... Uh, Raise people from the dead and you get to do that with your voice, with your comfort, with your hugs, with your handshakes, with the ways that you treat the poor, the ways that you take care of the widows and the orphans. You get to be Tabitha and your story gets shared amongst the others. How do we know this? Because you have your own people in your own lives that meant so much to you. And you, all the dark images are completely wiped away. And you remember those beautiful moments where you felt a presence of the divine. Nothing can explain that except the power of God through Jesus Christ. So when I say that you are the light of Christ, and you're the ambassadors of Christ's kingdom, I want you to remember the story of Peter and Tabitha. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.